Gary Wilkerson here. Thanks for joining us on the Gary Wilkerson podcast. Hope you uh, enjoyed our last episode with Matt Brown, and he's with us again this week. Matt, welcome. Glad you could be with us on the Gary Wilkerson podcast. It's an honor. Thank you so much. Yeah, we've been getting to know each other a little bit. You were kind enough to interview me on your podcast, and then I heard a little bit about your calling and your vision. Uh, you know, so I mean, just not only an author. We talked last episode about your book, Truth Plus Love. And I know you write other books and are, I think you're wor- working on one now, aren't you? Yes, I need to be working on one oh. now. <laughs> so I have four young kids. And so finding yeah. that time is the, but yes, I, I have a, a book burning on my heart and I've, I've been thinking on it, praying on it for a long time. Yeah. So I need to yeah. get working on it. And you're an evangelist. You, you, you speak uh, mostly to is it a younger audience or is it just where anybody that would come to Hear the hear the evangelistic message that God gave you. Definitely speak a lot to a younger audience and just feel a burden for the next generation in America. So, I feel like a lot of the 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 work that we do as a ministry is is just this vision for touching the lives of of young people and the next generation. You probably know that it's so strange, but this gen, the younger generation, Gen Z and uh, millennials, are more connected than they've ever been. But there's also studies that have been then come out in the last year that said they're the loneliest generation, right? They're so isolated. Of course, yeah. the pandemic years did not help at all. But uh, there's a disconnection because I don't think a phone connection is enough. But yet right. so many people spend so much time on their phone. So, of course, one of the ways we're reaching people is through social media, is through digital. And so we, we very much feel a, a burden for digital missions, reaching people where they are. And, uh, you know, just everything we're doing is all about just reaching one more person for Jesus. You know, one more, one more young person who needs to be encouraged, who needs to be, to hear the gospel for the first time or whatever it might be. What's the digital evangelism look like? So for us, it's, it's a multitude of things, but one of them is, is social media ads. And so we're running campaigns. One of them is, is partnering with influencers. And so we're running campaigns through people who are really gifted at uh, uh, those types of things. And over the last year, we were able to share the gospel with 35 million people just through digital missions and and these types of means. But then we're also, it's content too. So uh, one of the things that we realized was we know that most people are overwhelmed with the cares and pressures of life. And Matthew 13 talks about uh, both the deceitfulness of wealth, but also the, the cares of life choking out the gospel in people's lives. And I feel like there's even so many believers that had that initial joy of the gospel, but it got choked out by the cares of life. If you think about it, there's probably not been very many times in American history where there's been so many cares. There's been so much stuff to worry about, so much stuff to be concerned about. And as much as we, of course, I think we sometimes hold those cares because we like we we can have a little control if we think about it enough, right? Yeah. So we're, we're kind of just circling the wagons, going, yeah. "All right, let me think of the worst case scenarios that could happen about all these things that are going on in culture." But so, the Lord wants us to walk even with with a culture today. God wants us to walk in His joy. He wants us to walk from a place of victory in our Christian lives. And so, uh, you know, we know that just sharing powerful faith content, you know, can counter what's going on in culture. And so people need to keep getting the word of God in front of them. We need to keep, you know, in our own Christian lives, we need to keep coming back to the word of God. And so we just know that like, you know, John Piper once said, 
sometimes a single sentence can change your entire life. It's true. And sometimes even just a single word. Hmm. And there's something about that. You know, I have a, I have a friend who's got a powerful digital ministry and he was at the point before he became a Christian of, of he was, he was almost becoming suicidal because of the, the pursuit of, of pleasure in his life. The pursuit of fame in his life had left him so empty and Gary, a single, he had one Christian friend that he was friends with on Facebook that he met at a college or something or at a party. I'm not sure, but this single post comes across his feed. How deep and how wide, how long and how high is the love of Christ? Mm. And something touched his heart seeing that post. <laughs> and he, he changed his mind, put that down, got it on his knees, came before God. Long story short, you know, comes, comes to faith in Jesus Christ, starts to get discipled. Now he has a powerful ministry where he's touching people's lives online. But mm. I'm just saying it, it's, it's just sometimes just a single post or a single podcast or a book or a sermon or a sermon clip. And I just know that as both believers and leaders and preachers of the gospel, we just need to keep getting the word of God out there in whatever ways we can, because we know that the Bible promises God's word never returns void. And I would offer this as a challenge and a call to our listener and to every single believer listening. God wants to call you to a powerful digital ministry. You mm -hmm. might not feel that you can stand in the, in the pulpit of your church or in the platform of some of the great conferences across America, but God can use you right where you are. Now the average person has, you know, about 300 friends on Facebook mm. and what it is, is it's in a sense, it's the same as the Romans road back in the day that allowed after Jesus came, the gospel to go forward all over the world to the ends of the earth. And it did. And it does. And yeah. during that time, Colossians says that the gospel was going forward and bearing fruit all over the world. God's always at work in people's lives. And so all we need to do is present the gospel, is present the word of God, is to walk with the Lord. And he can use kind of our humble, right, our loaves and our fish. He can use our humble means. And so I just want to encourage you, God may want to start to use you to lead online. Mm. Not just to say, hey, what's going on in our politics? What's going on in our culture is terrible. Now, you can do some of that if you need to. Some of that's probably needed. Right. But to say, hey, I have a solution. Hey, I have, I have something that completely changed my family. And just begin to do videos and share your testimony. That's just right. begin to go through. What if, what if someone listening right now went through their friend list and began to direct message them and say, hey, I haven't talked with you in a while but I just wanted to know how I can pray for you. I hope you're doing well. You know, uh, how, how is your, you know, whether they're a person of faith or you don't know if they're, or if they've, you know, haven't been a person of faith, begin to share with people personally. So there's just so many ways we can do it, but I just think we just, this, this content that you're sharing, the world challenges sharing, it, it is surprising, but it could get to someone at just the right moment that yeah. completely changes a person a family, generations to come. You know, my mom, by the way, was just, uh, my mom was just in, my parents were just in 
a family gathering of my late grandma, whose ancestors came from Italy and uh, moved to Pennsylvania, to kind of a rural part of Pennsylvania. And they were Catholic in heritage. And there was, I don't know the, all the details of the story, but my mom was just with one of my grandma's best friends who they began to encounter the power and the spirit of God and in a Pentecostal setting uh, that dramatically shifted the course of their family from what was uh, probably a dry faith to a living faith in Jesus Christ. And I've heard, you know, rumors and stories of those those believers that they caught a fire for the Lord, beginning to pray for their ancestors down through the generations, that God would bless them, that God would use them for his glory, that God would uh, help them to be effective for his kingdom. And in the same way, each of us can kind of pat, you know, catch that fire and pass that and pass that faith on. And so I know I'm a, I'm, I'm fruit. I'm, they prayed for me. I'm sure they prayed for me. Part of those prayers are impacting me now. And yeah. so, That's so, so there's so awesome. much that the Lord wants to do, hopefully, is the point I'm getting yeah. to. Matt I, Matt, I definitely feel your passion, and it's it's stirring my heart. Just like, yeah, let's, let's just get after this more. And and also encourages me for the church, because I, I had never heard it framed the way you just talked about it, that, that it's not just for— uh, people who wrote a book or have a, a platform of conference speaking or church speaking or pastor of a church, uh, everybody can get involved in this. That's, 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 that's awesome. That's what a great way, you know, for people to, you know, in, in history, you know, you might, you might could have started a small group in your home or volunteered at your church, uh, but this is a way for you to build a platform that can glorify God and touch people. And I, I know it works. The Lord put on my heart about 20 days, almost three weeks ago, uh, a friend I'd lost contact with, I felt Lord just said, I want you to pray for him every day. And then I want you to text him every day. Just send him a little, you know, like kind of like the story you just talked about, like how deep, how wide. So I texted him and didn't hear from him the first four or five texts. And then finally I heard from him. He said, hey, when you get a chance, uh, give me a call. So I called him and found out, he, the, I mean, he was at the end of his rope. He said, he told me, like, in tears, weeping, I'm, I'm ending it, man. This is over. I can't do this. Really? But thank you. Thank you for reaching out to me, those texts, you don't know how much they meant to me. And uh, so I just, I said, okay, for the next 30 days, I'm going to text you every day, just the scriptures. And then we talked again a couple of days ago and he was like, thank you, Gary. Just uh, you saved my life. This just, just the fact that you <clears throat> just a very simple way reached out to me because I'm, I'm better. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm getting in my Bible again, I'm praying again and, uh, you know, feeling, feeling hope come alive. So I think you're spot on what you're saying, how, <clears throat> you know, the, Digital media, social media can can be an influence in ways that maybe you know he would have never come to one of my events. You know, I would have never been able to reach out to him other if it weren't for some form of uh, media that God has allowed us to become uh, a part of and stuff. So, thanks for encouraging us to do that. Yeah, it's using everything for the sake of the gospel. And one of the things I'd love to talk about, I'm just so excited about what the Lord is doing right now around the country yeah. uh, in the midst of the bad. It just yeah. feels like there's so many signs of revival. And yeah. Yeah. I think I've shared with you, Gary, that back in July of 2019, my best friend Malachi called me up. He was on a family vacation. He said, I feel like we're supposed to call a million young people to fast and pray as we <laughs> enter into the roaring 20s. 
And of course it was, he was thrown back to like the 1920s called the roaring twenties, but we had a sense as we thought and prayed about this. And as we then moved on to do this, that the 2020s would be known for a great revival. So for the last few years, I've just been kind of like praying a lot for our country, praying a lot for our leaders, praying a lot for our culture and feeling like in the midst of such terrible times, this sense of like, no, I think God wants to do something good. That's right. And of course, what took place with Asbury Revival, right? Earlier this year, uh, for for anyone who doesn't know, uh, there was a, a, a college chapel at Asbury University that the students didn't want to leave. They wanted to keep praying. And then that led into a 24-7 prayer meeting for more than two weeks. And we've now, Gary, become friends with the pastor from Asbury Revival, Zach Meerkrebs, who is a very humble, wonderful young leader. And that prayer meeting grew into 200,000 people converging on that small town in Wilmore, Kentucky of 6,000 people. (laughs) And there's this famous iconic sign that said, revival over capacity. There's no more room. Please don't come to our town anymore. And there was every single national news was talking about what is going on here. Now there was a lot of famous Christian leaders and worship leaders that were visiting, but they really kept the entire stage and everything of there was no celebrity. There was no reason for people to come hundreds of thousands to pack into all the auditoriums across the campus. And then you you saw videos of people in the yards, just seeking God, just hungry for God. You saw the desperation of people all around the country for God to move. And there was no reason for people to come other than Jesus. Like there was nothing being lifted up. There was, you know, I know of, I could name off Christian leaders that went just to receive a touch from God, you know, not to get on stage, but just to, I want to be in God's presence, encounter a greater work of the Holy Spirit. And I know you've, you've experienced this all throughout your life in ministry, Gary, but Jonathan Edwards called the revival just an acceleration and intensification of the normal work of the Holy Spirit. The normal work of the Holy Spirit's unbelievable, right? It's in, in your Christian life, you've encountered God, you've, put your trust in Jesus, you're reading the word of God, you know what it's like to receive the power and the presence and the grace of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis to empower you to live your Christian life, to give you excitement for the things of God. Um, I was chatting with a friend recently and we were just talking about, it's a pastor of a, a great church and we were just talking about how we just, because of the work that Jesus did inside of us, we just live with just kind of this, this like excitement, like this is passion, you know, and that's available to every single believer, but just, Kind of like a, I walk around. It's almost nervous energy, Gary. I just walk around just feeling like I got so much in me. I don't know what to do with it, but I just want to touch somebody's life for God. I just want to do something great for the kingdom. <laughs> so we saw this happen with Asbury. And of course that rolled into, um, there was a, a you, know, you know about it, a baptism in uh, Southern California following the Jesus Revolution movie, which just happened to come out, you know, shortly after Asbury was happening. And how those were tied back in the 70s is pretty ironic and, and cool into now 50 years later. And one of the things that I did during that time, by the way, in Asbury is I read a book by Wayne Atchison about the Asbury revival. He's the director of the Billy Graham library. It was such a good book and he interviews all these leaders. He just released it about two years ago. Oh, so wow. 50 oh. years after the Asbury revival, students that experience that still gather, you know, to celebrate and memorialize what God did. 
And so they did a 50-year anniversary celebration. I think that's around the time when he released this book. And he interviewed the former presidents and and he interviewed like the the student prayer leader back from 1970 when that happened. And what's crazy is the the 2023 Asbury Revival far out um, grew in many ways what happened in the 70s. It was much more people, much mm-hmm. more extended time. They had to shut it down basically, but it was it was significant more fruit in the beginning at least. We'll see what the Lord continues to do because I hear regularly from Zach about students that are going around the country testifying to what God's done. And that's oftentimes how the revival spreads is mm. just sharing the story of what God's doing in one place often spreads it to another place. It, you just see a similar sign of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in those settings, in those congregations. So that's still taking place, right? There's students that have been going around all summer testifying to the mm. revival across okay. the nation. And I'm sure that it will take time to capture some of those stories, but uh, it feels like I can't keep up. My friends and I are talking all the time. We can't keep up with the stories that are coming of what God's doing. And we've been trying to share those with Christian news sites and with uh, even through our own site on Thinky, we've been trying to share these incredible stories that are breaking out. So there's this baptism that took place in, I think it was May of this year that had 4,100 people baptized in a single day at the famous site of the, the Jesus movement in the 70s. And it was just a pastor who invited other churches to participate. So like 280 churches came together and participated and invited people to be baptized. And it became, I think, the largest uh, baptism in U.S. history. Cool. And then Greg Laurie was planning this baptism as well after his crusade in, in July. Calls me the night before. We, we were chatting the night before, I guess, on text. And he didn't realize, but his team had told me there's more people or there, there was almost 4,000 people that were, were, uh, signed up to be baptized the next day. This is like a month after that last baptism (laughs) that just happened. And -hmm. so they ended up having 4,500 at that baptism in July. And so all that to say in, in what he said to me, what I asked him is I said, Greg, what, what are you, what are you feeling? Like, you lived through the Jesus Revol- uh, Jesus movement days. You lived through that revival. He was close with Pastor Chuck Smith of Calvary Chapel. He got baptized and, and gave his life to Christ during that time, and his wife did as well. And I, I just said, does it feel like anything similar? You know, and he's very cautious to call anything revival. He he just feels like you kind of got to look back and call it, you know. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to go around shouting, "Oh, revival, revival!" You know. So he's very humble and cautious about it. But he said. We never, after this baptism, he said, we never had crowds like this in the Jesus movement. So Gary, I just wonder if the Lord's doing something across the nation during such a time of desperation. And I really feel there's more to come. I just think God's going to just keep breaking out in other places because God wants to get the glory. It's not about one person, one ministry, one church. It's about, I just think there's a grace right now for revival. And I would just encourage people to, to hunger and to pray, to hunger for more of God. to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, to eagerly desire the Holy Spirit to break out into whatever situation you're seeing in your church and your community. Because I just believe, I think more is coming. And, you know, my my good friend Malachi says the the fame of revival spreads the flame of revival. So there's something about testifying. When you testify to what the Lord's doing, when you watch the videos, God does something in your spirit and you go, okay, Lord, do more in my church. Do more in my Bible study fellowship. Do more in my small group. Lord, would you break in, Lord? Help us to see people 
come into you, to faith in you, you know, that we prayed for for years. Help us to see breakthroughs. Help us to see a great move. Because I just think God cares so much about what we're going through, more than we realize. You know, of course, uh, it's been said that that God's always doing 10,000 things in our lives, and we might be aware of three of them. <laughs> and so so I'm just excited about all that and uh, and just encourage encourage people to really lean into to what's happening right now. Yeah, that's I love what you're saying. When and going back to the, the quote by Edwards there, uh, that I think that's that says a lot of acceleration of what God, the Holy Spirit, normal, normally is doing. And I, and I think that's what I experienced. I told you this in one of our personal conversations. How when you first, when it, our first conversation, you were interviewing me, and you'd ask me about revival, and I, I kind of went to my standard responses like, "Hey, I, you know, I try to live." Uh, you know, I read the word every day. I pray. I see God. I love Him. I share the gospel. Uh, you know, I'm part of a ministry that leads people to Jesus. You know, to me, that's just normal. You know, normal Christian life, and that's that's. And and it wasn't until after I heard you talking about r- revival, just your heart for it, I went like, well, maybe there is something there that that I'm missing. I went and prayed, and I just got really, um, just just uh, hit by the. The, the presence of God and, and him just in a, in a very kind and loving way, rebuking me, just saying, you know, son, you know, that's, that's pretty arrogant to think that you have the ability to maintain this thing and you're going to be this uh, eternal spark plug uh, in, in yourself. You, you need me to come and exactly what you're saying, accelerate this. And, and it has been that it's been an acceleration in my life. So thank you. Thank you for, you know, just what you're sharing to others. I can testify that it's hit it's hit me and and I feel I feel number one I feel different about what revival is, uh, the need for it, contending for it, l- wanting to live in it myself, and and to experience it. And I, I don't fully know, you know, I, I got so I got so so many years turned off by hearing about revival because it was always like, oh, it's coming, it's the next big thing, and then it never really happened, hmm. you know. So so I I got to the point of just like yeah, fine, just keep you know keep hammering on about revival and I'll, I'll go about just, you know, living my normal Christian life and be healthy. Uh, but now I'm seeing it, you know, we're, we're living in such a desperate hour. We, we can't, we can't do the status quo. You know, we can't just do nice little gospel lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We have to believe for, you know, great and mighty things. There, there's, there's giants in our land now. There's, there's mm-hmm. the demonic that's Jesus said, these can only come out by prayer and fasting that, uh, you know, so, so they're, they're, you know, and and I and I don't think you know, and I think you probably would agree with this, Matt. No matter what kind of theological ilk you come from, almost all of us, Baptist or Pentecostal, um, premillennial, postmillennial, almost all of us believe before this thing's over, there's God's going to do something great. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's going to be, you know, we're not going to go out with you for this, right? We're not going out with a whimper. We're going out with a bang. Yeah. And uh, you know, Re- Revelation twenty one. There's this cool translation of it. Most of the times it reads, uh, he that is evil will continue to be evil, and he that is righteous will continue to be righteous. But one of the translators, I think, gets it better. It says, uh, uh, he that is unrighteous will con- will become more unrighteous, but he that is godly will become even more godly. Hmm. And so, you know, and you see that happening in our culture, right? These two strands of, yeah. you know, the vile wickedness and sexual perversion just getting so off the charts, never... Heard. Probably not even back in the Roman culture that was so perverse. It's probably we've probably ex- ex- excelled beyond that. So the church has to excel beyond. If, if if they were contending with Rome in the first century, 
uh, and saw God move mightily, were contending with greater demons. Uh, you know, and I say that not in the sense of a, one particular demonic spirit on a person, but just the cultural demonic forces and culture, then we, we need something that the, they had in the book of Acts, you know, an outpouring of God's spirit. And I, and I love yeah. the words that are being used now, too, because I'm hearing revival. I'm also hearing outpouring. Yeah. I'm hearing people talk about a move of God. Uh, there's a, there's, a, there's a, a youth ministry here in Colorado Springs. Uh, they're on hiatus right now, but uh, just, just started by high school kids, and they called it a move of God. Mm. And uh, before long, they had like 150 kids meeting, uh, together, they try to find places to where they could rent a little hall and just get together and worship uh, with a guitar and pray. And you know, and it's just, I love the terminology even that 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 there is this sense of God accelerating things in in his in his family uh, to to see revival take place. So, man, I guess I'm just saying thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. I'm I'm blown away. And I uh, I think one of the things that really stirred me deeper was was I wasn't a big fasting person. Uh, Malachi's story is that he is, uh, he's in the Southern Baptist, uh, but um, has, he's in Kansas city, small rural church that he pastors, uh, but had connected at some point with the international house of prayer, which is does 24 seven prayer. So he'd go in and start to pray there. And honestly, at this point now he's turned down opportunities uh, that are much bigger just to be, because he wants to be near this prayer house and pray. You know, mm-hmm. and so he just, he just there, that's just, he knows he's first called to be a person who's actually praying, not just talking about prayer, but like the pursuit of his life is the presence of God. The pursuit of his life is to be an intercessor, you know, and, a, and, and someone who's really pressing in. And, but back many years ago, he was really dry. He's in seminary. He just, his life was, was not going well. His, his marriage wasn't going well. And he got really stirred reading a book by Jensen Franklin about fasting and then hearing the story about Ronnie Floyd, uh, who later became the president of the Southern Baptist doing a 40 day fast. And then revival came to his church in Northwest Arkansas, big outpouring of the Holy spirit. And so the next day, Gary, (laughs) not that I recommend this, he starts out a 40 day fast. He's kind of an extreme guy. And so, uh, (laughs) he's done several now. So he was a big fasting person. This friend who was telling me we got to call a million young people to fast, but I was like, I'm not the guy to lead people <laughs> to a fast, you know, I should probably fast more for myself. Now I love prayer. I love time in prayer. I love time in the word of God, but I will tell you, Gary, I just, I just have, I've fallen in love with fasting. I just, I, not that I do it all the time, but I so look forward uh, to the times that we are calling people to fast, that we fast. Uh, I'm fasting at other times of the year, just, just because I'm excited to fast. So there's some sort of grace right now. I think for fasting, because the times are so hard and this is going to be a pun, but I really think God's giving people a hunger to fast. There's just, (laughs) we want more of God. We just go like, if we've got to give up food, you know, to, to press into more of God, like we want that. There's also seems to me, at least in my own life, there's, but with some friends too, there's an intimacy with God that's greater when the times are harder. And it just feels like, and then I just have had this burden. I've just been praying for our country almost every single day, you know, these last few years, just praying and just just trusting as I read the news, you know, as I read the the stories, the things that are going on every day that some days it's it's good things, some days it's discouraging. And I'm just saying, Lord, I trust you and I pray for this nation. I believe you have more purpose for America 
And I believe that you'll do something profound. And I've been praying for justice for some of the corruption we see. Lord, would you bring justice? Like, I don't think in my life I've ever prayed for justice, you know, but I just feel like that's what God just keeps wanting me to pray for Lord, bring justice, Lord, against this, this evil, this evil doing, please do something that only you can do. And so that's part of it. But I just, I really, I really believe, I would just encourage people to, to fast. I'd encourage people to fast, just uh, take some time and, and, and just say, Lord, we want you more than anything. I just really think God will meet us as we seek him that way. He will. He will meet us. Yeah, that's a that's an encouraging word too. That it's just, and that's it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. That you know, these kind of only come out by prayer and fasting, and and that's like you're talking about a prayer, you know. And you've heard it said. I, I know I have as well. Is like it's not just praying or fasting, but it's like a a, a fasted lifestyle that there's something mm-hmm. about yeah. our lifestyle. Because when I when I fast, my I have to fast two things at the same time, or I or I lose it. I have to fast uh, t- television. Because what I'll do, I'll fast, and you know, breakfast is fine. Lunch, I, I can I can sail through that, uh, but, you know. And dinners, dinners, you know, I get hungry in the evening. But if I sit down in front of the TV at night, all of a sudden I want popcorn, and uh, you know, I want, I want I want something, you know, to, I want some some cinnamon rolls, or you know, and it's just uh, so I kind of have to try to tie the two together a little bit. And, and I think it just you know, whatever we're doing, just see the rhythms of our own heart and our own mind. And pay attention to that, you know, how would God want you to fast? How does he want you to pray? Are you, are you, you know, because a lot of people contend for, you know, you get up early in the morning. And I've tried that. And you know, I got up early and, you know, set my alarm to an hour earlier so I could pray an hour before I start my day. And I just, man, I was just miserable. It was just, I hated it. But but I love praying at night. You know, it gets quiet. It gets dark. Mm-hmm. Go out on my back porch if the weather's nice and just love spend it. an hour or two there. And, uh, you know, just, you know, so get, getting our own rhythms and, you know, you know, God's not awake at a certain time of the day, or he's, you know, and sleep at night. He's, he's always watching. So, Matt, well, well, Matt, you've been super encouraging. I, I, I'm really glad that you could take the time to be with us on the podcast. I know anybody that's listening to this, you know, and unless they're cold dead and they need resurrection, they're gonna they're, they're gonna come alive more uh, to the things that God has for us. To, uh, you know, just to recap, you know, talked about all of us can be evangelists or or encouragers to people. Uh, you talked about revival, how we can, you know, and then the belief and the faith, and then dovetailing that at the end with uh, maybe we need to, to lean into this thing with prayer and fasting. So that's a great yeah. message. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's a huge yeah. honor. And I, yeah. I know, Gary, I'm so encouraged by by uh, our friendship. And I know, I mean, you have been living in a revival for a long time, right? So like your normal Christian life is at a different level. But I just thank you for your faithfulness and for the amazing ministry of World Challenge. And uh, what an honor to to just hang around a little bit. Thank you, Matt. Well, I love working with you. And every time I talk to you, I walk away encouraged. You, um, <clears throat> If people want to learn more about you and your ministry, uh, what's the best way to connect with you? Yes. So thinke.org for Think Eternity. And that's based off of uh, uh, the impact of who was probably kind of your pseudo uncle growing up, Leonard Ravenhill, who would write about in his books, read all his books, many of them multiple times, and I'll continue to, me and all my friends have, uh, he would write about uh, keeping eternity, right, stamped on our eyeballs, keep eternity in front of you. So one of my college roommates put a, a placard on his desk that just said eternity, like remember 
And so that's, that's, that's ended up being why we named our evangelistic ministry though, but think eternity just to keep that in front of us, the, what God values and what mm-hmm. matters to him. So think eternity. And then just on social, I'm also, because Matt Brown is a common name, I'm evangelist Matt everywhere. If you, if you want to connect. Yeah. So Excellent. evangelist Matt, I love it. That, that was great. Hey, I, I know you got to run here, but, uh, we ran out of time on the podcast, but uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you, maybe just give me a brief answer and we'll talk about it later. Uh, revival, uh, theologically, you know, you've got, um, you've got Edwards who said it's, not, it's just it's all sovereign God, nothing you can do about it. And then Finney was more like, no, there's cultivation. I experienced revival in high school and uh, in our, we had this worship night that kind of came about that was unbelievable. I should tell you that story sometime, but changed my life. I mean, I, I grew up in church, you know, my parents weren't in ministry, but they were always volunteering and serving the church and everything elders. And, but I, uh, that just completely changed, obviously my Christian experience, the level of the presence of God in those services of this. It was similar to kind of what you shared, the student led gathering. I think there's something about student led gatherings that God just blesses in a unique way. And then I went off to Bible college and me and my friends who experienced a revival were just praying for revival at our Christian college. It was a North Central and EG college in the Twin Cities. And we were just praying for revival. And I felt by experience, I didn't, I just feel like you can't force revival. You really can't. You know, the reason I say that I feel revival's coming now is because I just keep, I can't shake the sense of it. You know, and I've kind of been saying, I could, I could send you, by the way, a bunch of tweets that I've sent over the last like five years, just going I'm like, I've been in ministry 20 years. I don't normally say this, but I just just can't shake this feeling, right? So, and then I've been asking people on my show for a couple of years, like, do you feel like like a big revival's coming? Like, what do you feel? Everyone's like, yeah, I totally feel the same way. So I'm like, well, here's some respected, you know, godly Christian leaders. And, and there's definitely a, a consensus or a sense of that. But um, I don't think you can force it. Now, Greg, Greg has a good way to say it. He says, we can't, you know, we can't create revival, but we can preach the gospel. And, you know, God will move as we preach the gospel. He also says we can't create revival, but we can do revival-like things, which just means return to your first love, right? Do the things that you did at first. And we'll definitely see God work in that. But I, I don't think you can force it. I think God just does it sovereignly. And, but I do think we, we're, we're called to do is just, just desire, you know, just seek the Lord, just press in. And he'll always do greater things when we do that. But it's up to him how much he does and what it looks like. And if it would classify as like an outpouring revival, like that's more rare, you know? Right. Um, but it, it isn't to say that the normal Christian life when you press in isn't better. It is, you know? Yeah. So that would just be my thought that it's just, all we can do is just, just be available vessels. You know, Finney did seem to see revival everywhere he went. So I don't know, you know, it's, you know, and of course I loved his stuff too. But I think I think it's sovereign, and I think it's God's timing, and you know we we can see a greater move of God, but it's not, you know. And then to me, revival would be like a local, you know, or regional, or things that are breaking out, an awakening, like a a great awakening that's nationwide or spreads to culture, is mm-hmm. up to the Lord as well. And that's just revival kind of breaking out further than the church is what yeah. I would classify as awakening, but everyone has different thoughts. Everyone kind of throws the terms around in different ways. To me though, I just think all we can do is pray and the timing and anything God does is, is, is totally out of our control. Like, I just don't think that we can do it, do this. And God does that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> like we can see great things. Don't get me wrong, but not, 
not like Asbury. That just that's just up to the Lord, you know. Because yeah. they've their people have been praying for that for a long time for just another one of those, you know. Once mm-hmm. you experience it, you just hunger for to experience it again. And I would love to as well, you know. After this yeah. Monday night jam thing we did back in high school, I just I just dream of experiencing that again. I just cannot imagine how great that would be. And in a sense, I never went down to Asbury, but I, I was, you know, catching everything I could from it online. So I was catching all the clips. I would watch everything I could. I was just, you know, excited about what was happening, even though it had nothing to do with me. So yeah. you can tell the le- spiritual maturity, This so not spiritual maturity, spiritual hunger. You can tell the level of someone's spiritual hunger by how excited they get about a revival that they didn't start. Mm. <laughs> not not maturity that's a different thing but hunger, hunger spiritual yeah. hunger you know and so i just know me and all my friends we were, we were just like because we've been doing the fast thing we're just going like this is so amazing you know it has nothing to do with us but we're excited about it <laughs> we're kind of yes. crazy so and we look forward to uh it's, it's quite a ways away but we're excited about having you come here to colorado springs our ministry uh my son evan who's uh youth apologist and works in, in, with Gen X in, in ways that you are as well. And you guys are connecting together uh, to do a youth conference called, a young adult conference called Glorify uh, next summer. And uh, we're honored to have you. And I look forward to spending some personal time with you if you, if you got some, some moments to set aside there while you're here. Definitely can't wait. Yeah. All right, man. God bless you. Thank you, Matt. Yep. God bless. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to do two things. First, share this with someone else. Second, click on the subscribe or follow button on whatever app you're using to listen to the show. That way you get notified when we release a new episode. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you next time. 